get anywhere, you need to work out three things. You need to know where you are, where you want to be, and how to get there. Welcome to episode 128 of Text Talks. This is Heide Robson, and thank you to Class for sponsoring this episode. Today is all about where you want to be. It is about your mission and vision and the values that underpin these. John Peterson of Best Practice kindly offered to tell you more. You are listening to Australia's tax news podcast, Tax Talks, the podcast for Australian tax professionals. So a lot of people, Heidi, particularly in running a small accountancy firm, SMEs as well, when it comes to business advisory services, are a little unclear on the role of and the power of mission, vision, values, right? What do I mean by that? Typically, what an accountant, you know, one to five partner firm, one or two or three partners will say is, oh, that's just for big corporates, you know, mission, vision, values. And that's quite a dangerous or naive approach. It's not actually true. So having taught more than 600 small accounting firms, one, two, three partner firms over many years, how to use the power of mission, vision, values firsthand, I can tell you it's been transformational to their results, their ability to grow, their ability to attract talent into their practice, their ability to reprice their products and services and increase engagement, increase packaging, gold, silver, bronze type products and services, all a lot easier through your mission, vision, values once you understand how to use it, to run more effective team meetings, to launch progressive challenges, set new targets for 90 days or for the year ahead, not just a budget, but to increase revenue, increase profitability, to drive continuous improvement. All of these wonderful things, infinitely more valuable and infinitely more realizable through mission, vision, values. So I guess we need to explain how that is so. Because if you're a sole practitioner or a small firm and you're listening to this, you want some pragmatic appreciation of that. You don't want corporate theory that cannot be applied to a traditional accounting firm in the suburbs or in regional Australia or in the CBD. So so what does it mean? I'm very fortunate. I got to work with one of the best minds of the current age over the last 50 years in a Fortune 500 environment. His name is Jack Zenger, and he's still on LinkedIn today. You can search him up, spelled Z-E-N for Nelly, G-E-R. And Jack employed me in his team of 1,500 worldwide. Only six or seven of those employees were, in fact, in Australia back when I was 26 years of age. It's a lifetime ago now. He was the leadership and culture change expert to Fortune 500 companies. What I was astonished to realise was how... The accounting industry and small business had never learned how to access this content. No one had ever really worked out how to explain it in meaningful and simple ways that they could use. And I guess we've done that. So I still use the traditional methodology of the mission, vision and values. It's like three building blocks to continuous improvement for you and your business. And the first one is the mission. So the mission statement in the context of dividing up the mission, the vision and the values The mission is to describe what we get out of bed to do every day. So when we wake up in the morning and we're off to work again, from the moment we wake up, if we are passionate and engaged with and aligned with our mission statement, we are looking forward to going to work to deliver on what the mission statement says. For example, the best practice mission statement is 
Every day we assist accountants and business owners to move from where they are now to where they really want to be. Now, it sounds holistic, but of course it is. We are one of Australia's leading advisory services to the accounting industry. And I guess that's what we are most passionate about is I've only just, as you know, Heidi, I was running late for this session today because I was actually working with a sole practitioner. He turns over half a million dollars, 460,000, and he's 52 years of age. And he came to the conclusion in 33 minutes that he really does want the next two or three years to be about him realizing his full potential and to give that a go. And he's fearful of failure and he's fearful of being criticized by those around him in his family, his loved ones and significant others and so forth after being a very stable person for many years in the status quo. But but the status quo is boring him to tears. And he knows that the next 10 years will blow by just like the last 19 very quickly. So helping him go from where he is now to where he really wants to be, that is in fact a call to action if the source is credible. And therefore a mission statement for an accountant or for the clients of an accountant could also do the same things. If the accountant has a very potent mission statement, you could easily use something similar for an accountancy firm, couldn't you? Helping business owners move from where they are now to where they really want to be. Now, if we stop and talk to a business owner about that mission statement, and if we own it, and it really is how we feel about things, well, surely that passion will resonate. And suddenly we can ask more of our client as an accountant, we can literally say to them, Mr. or Mrs. Client, do you want me to help you move from where you are now over the next two, three, five, ten 10 years to where you really want to be in your business? That's my mission statement. And looking at it and sharing it with you, I want to know, do you want to be one of my A-class clients? You know, someone I really go the extra mile for and help them to achieve their goals and dreams or not? Because if you feel aligned to my mission statement, then we could have something special in a client services relationship to discuss and explore and work on together on behalf of you as my client and me, your accountant. And so that's an example of the potency of a mission statement in the direct client services market and or the new business market of growing the accountancy firm. Can I just be a little bit cynical right now? And it's yeah. just let's assume there's Bruce who's listening to you and Bruce things. Well, the reason I get out of bed in the morning is to make money. I do all this to earn an income, to earn a living for my family. That is my only mission. And then, of course, it's a little bit sad if there's nothing else, but I can imagine there is some truth to it for all of us. I think that's true. And I think that often having worked with thousands of accountants since about 2001, there is some truth in that. And But often, Heidi, it's, dare I say, it's almost like an outer layer, like a protective coating to the, the soft center of the emotional core of an accountant. In other words, very, very few accountants can look me straight in the eye and tell me they don't care about their clients. Yeah. And who say, I only do it for the money and nothing else. Yeah. And quite frankly, the ones that say that it's all about the money, I think that there's a fair bit of bravado in that. You rarely hear that from a female accountant, for example. It's typically only a dissection of more so the, the male profile and not many of them, I must say, right? Most of them would say that their biggest Achilles heel is in fact how much they care for their clients. And they're often over-servicing and undercharging relative to the time commitment and the devotion that they dedicate to their clients, right? And so the dichotomy for an accountant is a conflicted ego, 
in this regard because they would love to be more brash and brazen and sales orientated, like, for example, like the financial planning industry. But it's not in their nature. It's not in their values. It's not in their ethics. They want to be financially successful, but certainly not at the loss of integrity and client service ethic and quality. The mission statement really helps accountants to passionately define what they love about what they do. In the end, the mission statement has to be about a niche, doesn't it? Because the mission statement is basically what makes us different. Well, I think it's fair to say that there's an enormous amount of evidence that focusing on a niche with your mission statement will have infinitely more potency in growing your accounting firm. Yes, because the yeah. niche is basically your point of difference. Yeah, and certainly not being in a particular vertical industry of focus or niche of focus will dilute that energy if you want to grow the business, grow the accounting firm. Having a potent mission statement, I quoted you the best practices mission statement. And as a result, we spoke about every day we assist accountants and business owners to move from where they are now to where they really want to be. And so we're very passionate about the accounting sector, right? And helping accountants help small business. And together, that's a bit of a partnership. So the mission statement is really about loving what you do and being clear about that. If somebody is an accountant and they specialize in property and taxation services around the property investment industry and they love investment property and that's their market, then chances are they're also interested in superannuation and investing and building wealth through property investment in SMSF as well. That's a combination that often goes together. And so the mission statement would be wise to define that. And initially, accountants are a bit concerned about that. They're saying, oh, but I don't want to pigeonhole myself into one industry in such a public statement. And at first, they're a bit reluctant to do that until they learn and experience the potency of doing so. Now, let's talk about the vision statement next. Statement is defining what we do every day with a glass half full, of course, to the ultimate level of quality and, and service excellence. The vision statement is defining what we're striving to become. Three years from now, five years from now, best practice in our own example, we will be regarded as Australia's most trusted and life-changing education, coaching and mentoring organisation for the accounting industry. That's our short-term vision. And our long-term vision is to translate the word accounting for business owners and the accountants to be endorsing us to the business market. You know, the so SME should vision market. always have different timeframes? So should vision have, I think, somewhere you use a 12 months, three years and five year timeframe? So should you always have a multi-layered vision? Maybe not always, but certainly understanding your end game and understanding what communicating the first objective will be, which is significant, still, a, still a stretch goal, is important because we want to be realistically challenged with a target and a focal point for growth and evolution and success, irrespective of how we may be regarded today. If we're only working with three or 400 accountancy firms per annum out of 34,000 per annum that are in operation with a registered tax agent's license in Australia, the market share would argue that we're not really significant enough in the number of accounting firms we're supporting to be regarded as Australia's most trusted and life-changing educator and advisory firm to the accounting industry today based on our market share. So we know 
we've got an enormously long road to go to achieve our vision in the short-term version of our vision, which is in the accounting industry in Australia, because we just don't work with enough firms at the moment per annum. So there's an example of a real stretch goal, an immediate focus of maybe three years, three to five, but a very clear bullseye on the target, so to speak, stated in the vision statement. So the mission statement is really defining far more pragmatically a definition of showing up every day today and delivering quality products and services and advice. If we did so repetitively enough for a period of time, we would eventually arrive at the vision and having achieved the vision. Every day we assist medical practitioners to improve the quality of their own operations in turning their medical practice into a business. That's a great off-the-cuff hypothetical mission statement. So the values, they really underpin both the mission and the vision because the values are going back almost to something many of us were taught at a young age from our parents, and that is treat others as you want to be treated. So your values in business are really no different. How do you want to be treated in business? Honesty, integrity, reliability, accountability, you know, these sorts of examples quality of service, reliability, transparency. I guess the challenge with our values is to not try to write them, define them as if we're trying to impress anybody other than ourselves. Because if we are talking about practitioners who own the accounting firm, then the fish stinks from the head down. In other words, it's the personal value set of the principal and the personal mission and vision that the principal or partners agree on the definition of that in fact defines the culture, the attitude and the behavior of the firm. I struggle with values because I kind of imagine if an accountant put down their values and said, we don't lie, we don't steal, <laughs> we don't murder, all those values we have, then you yeah. would get worried, <laughs> wouldn't you? So you obviously don't list all your values you have, whether you think about them or not. You only list certain values that are relevant. Yeah, and I think in the early stages, the drafting process takes a little bit of effort, no doubt, to do it properly. And if we really want to come up with something that's quite potent and quite effective as a marketing tool to not only attract good quality clients and to negotiate new service agreements with clients, but if we also want to attract great talent into the firm, into the business as an accountancy firm, then it's well worth putting in the effort if the carrot is achieving those things as an outcome. first draft of a mission might be quite long, same with a vision statement, and then contracting that down into very clear components, such as what you do every day might be a quite a short, sharp and succinct mission statement. What you're striving to become would also be short, sharp vision statement. But how you achieve that every day could be a, quite a long and extrapolated amount of detail. And the same applies to your value. There's some really great historical evidence of a hasty effort at a corporate level. Major companies not really looking into their mission, vision, values with, dare I say, honesty or integrity around the ultimate relevance of them. 
sometimes the mission vision values by a Fortune 500 company are really only designed to satisfy the shareholders, and they're not very impressive. Other times, the mission vision values might be designed purely for the customer in a retail or a services-based business. And whilst that might seem to be a little wiser customer-centric, but what about the quality of the employees and their engagement as well? Too long and too short or not enough effort put in, just a quick mop and glop to create MVV so you can tick a box and put on the wall. Guess what? Most organisations that do that, the leadership and the culture of the business does not demonstrate any evidential alignment in the day-to-day behaviours and actions that you can see in the workplace that actually show you that the mission, vision and values are real. You use Avon as an example of a mission statement that is far too long. It apparently goes over six paragraphs. And then another, I think, retail job where the mission statement is far too generic. And then I think you also mentioned Dell that doesn't even have a mission statement. Yeah, that's right. It's really quite interesting how mixed and varied the attempts to make these things real can be, you know, evidenced in corporate history and business history. It's often the bigger companies that succeed in spite of themselves and, and because they've got momentum, they've got scale, market share and a marketing budget, so to speak, that don't necessarily do a great job of the MVV. And here's what's amazing. Why can a one partner firm, why can a startup, why can a sole practitioner or an electrician who's just getting going benefit from an MVV? Well, ironically, if they can really define that clearly and succinctly and precisely around who they are, what they stand for, where they want to take the business, then they are infinitely more professional and presentable to the market than their competitor that does not have this definition. Many small businesses that we work with, we notice that they love and feel quite re-energized and refocused through the exercise of building a world-class mission, vision and values of their own for their own small business. And yet then they lack the courage to go and publicize the mission, vision and values. So we talk about the fact that you really should be launching them and believing in them and honoring them as public statement and an internal reference for you and your team if you have a team of employees. Because in doing that, you are then raising the bar and you are actually, for the first time perhaps, learning how to publicize the best version of your intentions for your business. Things like getting them printed, putting them on the back of your business cards or inside brochures, putting them on your website, in the into the footer of your email, so it's automatically there every time. Setting them up as screensavers on your PCs in the office uh, or even on scrolling on the screen that might be in your reception for clients or prospective clients to have a look at whilst they're sitting there waiting for a meeting. These are all terrific ways to get them out, putting it in your messages on hold if you have that sort of music software running for you on your phones. And it's really breathing life into your mission, vision and values is to actually publicize them and get them out there and be proud of them and use them as a reference and a point of difference. The last and least understood component is in fact using your mission, vision and values to recruit better people than historically you may have been able to attract into your accountancy firm. 
And that's the same for any other industry as well, any other small business. So when you learn to recruit people through your MVV and use the MVV as the ultimate filter for cultural, behavioral, and attitude alignment with prospective employees, you start to find that you are infinitely more capable of building a better team and a team that is committed to helping you take your business where you want it to go, helping you take your business towards achieving the vision statement and honoring the mission statement and the values in the way they operate within the business. And what's quite interesting is that I've never really struggled to coach people up or counsel them out of a business, you know, out of an accounting firm or on behalf of accountants on the basis that what we're providing is a reference for accountability, a reference for alignment, a reference for behavior, a performance standard as well. When you've got a world-class reference, if you've ever got underperformance around that that doesn't stack up to the world-class reference or candidates applying for a job that recognize that their aspirations are not of the standards portrayed in your world-class mission, vision, values, they're more likely to deselect themselves and almost be scared away from the challenge of that MVV. That's precisely what you want so that you're only attracting good people that are aligned with, believe in, are attracted to, and are encouraged or excited by contributing to helping you achieve your vision. Welcome back. So this episode was about where you want to be. In the next episode, episode 129, John Peterson will talk about how to get there. But before we part, just one quick thought. To really work out where you want to be, meaning how you want to grow your practice, what you want to achieve, who you want to be, how you want to live, you need to let your mind wander. Allow time to visualize and imagine different scenarios, different outcomes. Give your brain space to think and dream. You will be amazed what you find. Thank you for listening and thank you to class for the support. Bye for now and see you in the next episode. Thank you.